Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Without further delay, let's join the broadcast. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, for the glory He sheds on our Stand, please, and sing number 16 on our song sheet. How firm a foundation the saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Everyone write on the first word, 
singing heartily. be bowed and every eye closed out in Radio Land, you pray with us, a great privilege for us, once dead in trespasses and sin, to come unto the throne, the mighty throne, far above all principalities, and there to talk to our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we can come through the new and living way through Christ, that Thy ears ever open to the cry of the righteous. We're so weak and so needy as we walk this wilderness journey, so many things coming in to discourage many of thy saints. We thank thee that the Lord Jesus trod the path before us, was tested in all points like as we are yet without sin. He became weary and hungry and tired. He was forsaken, but yet we thank thee now that he knows our infirmities and can sustain us and encourage us. And today, as we're speaking over this old-fashioned revival hour, may the Holy Spirit strengthen the hearts of those that are now discouraged and under a load, lift them up, and may they realize that they are seated in the heavenlies far above all principality, powers and mights and rulers, and that all things that do come to work together. Oh, save souls today. We pray for our nation, for those in authority. When we see things beginning to head up the way they are, the godless nations coming together, foundations of the faith being shaken. Oh, stand by us today and may America especially Come to the mourner's bench, and may we come back to the old book, and back to the Christ of our mothers and fathers, and take a hold of young men today, and may they carry the blessed message to the thousands that are needy, to the millions that are needy, and we'll give thee the glory, for we ask it in Christ's name, amen.
Now for all that are on the sunset of life and a little homesick for heaven, the quartet's going to sing, This World is Not My Home. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid off somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore Oh, Lord, Lord, I have no friend like you If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door And I can't feel at home in this world anymore 
They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. I fixed it up with Jesus many years ago. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just over in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, oh, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore.
I'm not worthy, he dwells in my heart, and he As I've traveled over the country, so many have come up at the close of the meetings and said to be sure and say hello to Honey when I came home. I've always tried to do it. I'm glad you're on the air with me, Honey. Go right ahead with the letters. Thank you. Greetings, friends. I have some good letters for you this afternoon. Dear Reverend Fuller, I am a fisherman up here in the North Atlantic coast, and I'm sorry that I have to go out on Sundays, but I always get your program clearly in my boat. And it is always sweet to hear the old songs out there on the water. Songs like, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and Abide With Me, surely bring up memories. I'm an old man now, and I might have lived a better life. But I know there is a heaven ahead for me, because Christ bore my sins. Just before my mother died, she sang, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I believe that with all my heart. And here is an appealing letter, or before I read that, I'll read you one from the Northeast. I personally know a lad that was saved out of the clutches of sin lately. His testimony is that though he had been so wicked, he heard your broadcast, knelt down beside his radio, and asked God to save him. Upon his conversion, his wife also was one to the Lord. His life is surely a testimony to the saving grace of our Father now, and the reason I tell you of this person is to let you know that the word of God, which you have been so faithful in proclaiming, has brought results in this one instance, as it has in many thousand others. And here's an appealing letter from a sin-sick, burdened woman in Utah. She hasn't had much chance in life, but she has a radio, and that has brought into her home and heart the knowledge that God loves her, and that Christ can cleanse her from sin, and she has a great longing in her heart to become a child of God. Here is her letter. Dear Charles Fuller and wife, God bless you and keep you both, and may you walk in his glory. I just heard your message, and I have been so wicked. I want to lay my troubles bare to you, and trust God will give me courage. Reverend Fuller, I am 47 years old. When I was young, Mother sent me to church. But as I grew older, I married, and I got away from everything that had to do with God. He was left out of my life. All I had time for, it seemed, was having babies. I had 14 children, and we had to work hard to keep the wolf away from the door. I never learnt the children about God. It seems I never had time for them. All I wanted to do was to get them married and raised and gone. I lied, I cheated, cursed, and everything that was bad, 
And, oh, God, how wrong I was. If I could only go back over the years and start over again, I grant you I would be faithful to the last and walk close to God and keep his laws. My heart is sore and heavy, Mr. Fuller. I do want to be saved. I do want to walk with Jesus when the saints go marching in like you sing about. I don't seem to understand everything about salvation, but I know God loves me and Christ died for me. I did not have too much schooling as my folks are very poor and we had to go to work early. Now my children have made a mess out of their lives thanks to me who never taught them about God. I have four left at home. I am so blue, so discouraged, I want to get on the right track. Why, I haven't even read the Bible. I'm just beginning to know even the words that are in it. And I'm asking you, Reverend Fuller, in God's name to put me on the right way. I ask you to pray for me. I want to be saved. And believe me, this comes from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for making me see the light and telling me about Christ so that I could understand. This lady does not sign her letter, so we cannot write her, but I know that if she continues to listen, that she will find forgiveness and peace for which she so longs, for she certainly does hunger and thirst after righteousness. I know that many of you will feel led to pray for her, and that is all I shall have time to read you today Lead me gently home, Father, lead me gently home, when life's toils are ended and parting days have come. Sin no more shall tempt me, never from me.
Let's stand and sing Heavenly Sunshine and sing it with a smile. Everyone here, great audience here in Long Beach, singing out to you, friends of the radio audience. All together. Heavenly again and turn around and shake hands with three or four people. Come on, shake hands and sing. Heaven, turn right around. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the little epistle to Philemon, right next to the book of Hebrews. Have your Bibles open, please. We're going to just consider some of the high spots of this short epistle in a few moments. But just before we bring the message, the quartet will sing, The Way of the Cross Leads Home. needs go home by the way of the cross there's no other way but this i shall never get sight of the gates of life if the way of the cross i miss the way of the cross leads home the way of the cross leads home it is sweet to know as I onward grow, the way of the cross leads
minute nevermore. For my Lord says, Come and I seek my home, where he waits at the open door. The way of the cross leads home, the way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. Now may thy words sink deep into the hearts of needy souls everywhere, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. With your Bibles open, please, to Philemon, may we consider briefly some of the high points in these 25 verses. The story of Philemon is this very briefly. Philemon was a very wealthy slave owner in the city of Colossae, east of Rome. And one of his servants or slaves by the name of Onesimus absconded with some money and fled to the city of Rome, where under the providence of God he met with the aged apostle Paul, who was in prison. And there, while Paul was in prison, he won this slave to Christ and then writes back to his brother in Christ, Philemon, in whose house the church, the Colossian church, met and asked Philemon to receive this slave back into his household. And so, if you'll underline five different things in these 25 verses, it'll give you just a little insight into the heart and teaching of this wonderful epistle. In the ninth verse, underline the words, for love's sake, in the verse... 12, the word receive, in verse 15, the word receive, and in verse 17, again, the word receive. And then, notice, in the 18th verse, put that on mine account. And there you have the aged apostle pleading with Philemon to receive back into his household this runaway slave who had absconded some money from his master. I believe, however, that the 18th verse might be considered as the key. Put that on mine account. Now, there are three main characters in this epistle. I've mentioned them already. Philemon, Onesimus, the runaway slave, and the aged apostle Paul. Now, secular history tells us that about half of the 60 million people comprising the Roman Empire in the days of Paul, were slaves. Human life was very cheap. Some slaves even selling as low as 75 cents in our present-day money. No, perhaps a dollar and a half because we have inflation. Under the Roman law, slaves had no legal rights or standing before the courts of the land. And especially was it true in the case of a runaway slave If captured and returned to his master, he would be put to extra hard labor or he would be put to death. He had no right whatever to stand in court under the Roman law. And under the Roman law, condemned the condemned slave had but one hope, one way out. That is the merciful reinstatement 
which might come through the special intercession of a friend of the wrong master. Now, I've told you briefly the story of Philemon. But it seems that this Onesimus, this runaway slave, thought that he could hide himself in the city of Rome, which was considered or called at that time the cesspool of all iniquity, a pool in which flowed the hardened criminals from the surrounding countries. Onesimus thought that it would be easy to get away from his master, not realizing that in the providence of God he was to find the Lord Jesus Christ as his own personal Savior. Now, Onesimus becomes one of the hand-picked trophies of God's grace. And we find, as we read through these 25 verses, that Onesimus became a very close friend and a very energetic co-laborer and helper to Paul. Paul would have loved uh, to have kept the services of this new convert, but Onesimus, under the Roman law in those days, was the rightful property of another. And he, Paul, could not honestly benefit or profit by keeping this runaway slave for his own benefit. Further, Paul knew that the one of the first duties of a new convert was to make confession and restitution of wrong. Now, under the law, Onesimus merited death. His only hope was the special interceding work on the part of a friend to save him from the slave's death. Paul proves to be that close friend to intercede with Philemon on behalf of his runaway, absconding slave. Hence, the personal epistle called Philemon, a personal letter saturated with brotherly love, kindness, affection, tactfulness, and may I say downright common everyday horse sense. How he dealt with a very difficult problem And I want to say that Christian workers everywhere would do well to read Philemon to learn how to deal with daily difficult problems and how to get along with fellow believers and live peaceably as far as possible with all men. Now, will you notice quickly how he begins his epistle? I'm just going to take some of the mountain peak tops. First, he addresses Philemon as follows. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Instantly I can see Philemon or hear Philemon say to himself, I wonder what's happened to Paul now. Here he is a prisoner. He's the one that won me to Christ at Ephesus. I wonder what's happened to Paul. And immediately he comes on a note of sympathy. And Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon. Now notice how he speaks of Philemon. Dearly beloved and fellow laborer, oh, how beautiful it is in Christian work to commend others in the field of labor, to have those that are dearly beloved and to count them as fellow laborers. I'll drop down to the fourth verse. He said, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, 
hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. And so he begins to lay the foundation, first of all, to appeal to Philemon, to commend him as a fellow laborer, and then to let him know that he, Paul, made mention of Philemon in his prayers and then begins to speak of Philemon's love and faith. Then he comes right direct to the subject, and we find him speaking as follows. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such a one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Christ, I beseech thee for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bond. Now notice how he speaks of the former condition of Onesimus. He doesn't say in so many words, this old scoundrel Onesimus, he wasn't any good to you in the past, but he puts it very tactfully. And he says, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, my own, whom I have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. Here is Paul, the aged one, interceding for this slave who once was dead in trespasses and sin, but now made alive through the gospel. Paul is pleading on behalf of Onesimus for Philemon to receive him back into fellowship. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season. Didn't say that he ran away. That thou shouldest receive him forever. But now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved. Especially to me, how much more unto thee. And do you know, I think in that word brother, perhaps Paul's mind went back to the time shortly after his conversion on the road to Damascus when Ananias was told to go to the house and speak to Paul or Saul then. And Ananias began to talk back to the Lord and said, Why, don't you know how this man has been spoiling the church and persecuting the church? Nevertheless, God said, Go and talk to him. And then when Ananias came in unto Saul, the murderer, the persecutor, the one that was preying upon the church, he puts out his hand and he said, Brother Saul. Oh, what a change. Once an enemy of the church, now received into fellowship, and under the direction of the Lord, Ananias said, Brother Saul. And so, writing back to Philemon, Paul said of Onesimus, not only a servant under the law, a slave, but above that, a brother beloved. And I tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. Once a man is converted, if he really confesses his sins and makes restitution and shows forth the works of repentance, to receive him as a brother, beloved, forgetting those things that are in the past, to press on. 
And then Paul goes on, and here is the simplicity of the gospel. Oh, how beautifully it's brought out in this short epistle. Now, I want you to notice how Paul there puts it down. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. And there's a great heart of the gospel. Put it to my account. Let me explain to you. Under the Roman law, and it is true today under our law, one cannot be held for a debt or a default or a miscarriage of another unless the promise is in writing, signed by the one making it. Supposing I go into a place or to a store and purchase articles on credit, I myself can be held for that debt. Almost invariably, it's the practice of the stores in extending credit for you to sign the charge slip. Why? That becomes a promissory note in a way that you will pay that obligation. But if I promise to pay the debts contracted by another in order to be held legally, I must sign that promise. They cannot hold me for the debt of another unless I sign promising to do that very thing. And so with Paul, to send a verbal message from Rome by Onesimus would not do. To send a note dictated and written by a secretary would not do. So Paul, in order to make it legal and binding, he said, now notice, I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Paul is saying to Philemon, I make this promissory note signed so that in case of my death, my estate will be chargeable or can be charged with this obligation. Now, here it is. Here's the gospel. Oh, follow me for a moment and pray with me now that even in that dear soul in Utah will see the simplicity of the gospel and be saved. Put that on mine account. Put it to my account, Paul said. And in the Greek, so I'm told I'm not a Greek scholar, there is but one word for these five words in the New Testament. And that word is impute. Put to my account, impute to me, or place to my account. And Paul said in so many words to Philemon, if Onesimus fails to return unto thee the money that he unlawfully took from thee, I will repay. So we have the great story of redemption. Here it is. Philemon is in a measure a type of God. God, the owner and creator of all things. We are by nature creatures from His hand. But the trouble is we are slaves under another master, even Satan. And like Onesimus of old, we have run away from God. We are runaway 
slaves of the God of eternity. And under the law, we have no standing. We have no way to stand in the courts of heaven unless someone intercedes for us. And so, in Onesimus, we have the type of the sinner, while in the aged Paul, we have the type of the Lord Jesus Christ, whoever liveth to make intercession for us. And I can hear Christ on the right hand of the Father saying to the Father today, as he looks over the great radio audience and over this visible radio audience here in Long Beach, as souls are considering their condition and need of salvation before God, I can hear Christ say to the Father, Father, I am interceding for that soul, that runaway soul that's dead in trespasses and sin. If he owes thee anything and he does, put it to my account. I paid it all on Calvary's cross. Place it to my account. The Father said, it is paid. And in order to make it legal and binding, we have the new covenant, the new testament, signed in His own precious shed blood, that He, Christ, will repay and will make it possible for us to be received back through His mediatorial work. Here the whole world, spiritually speaking, dead in trespasses and sin, afar off and away from God, in the cesspool of iniquity of this world. The Holy Spirit is searching out various souls. Thank God that the aged Paul found Onesimus, and he stood in the gap, the mediator between Philemon and the runaway slave. Thank God today we have the one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. And right now while I'm speaking to you, in the quiet and the hush of this meeting, won't you believe God's word when Christ said, put that to my account? I bore your sins on the cross of Calvary. I paid the penalty of sin for you, which is death. Will you believe me? Christ said. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into judgment or condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. And whatever you owe towards God, Christ will pay. And he paid it all on Calvary's cross for you. Put that on mine account. Let's bow our heads, please. And don't anyone leave the building, please, in this most solemn hour. You pray with me as we're dealing with the souls of men. Especially pray for that lady up in Utah, that she will see that Christ came and died in her place instead, and God caused to strike on him all of her sins, and our sins and your sins. And everything's been placed to his account. He paid it all. And now they can be received by God the Father through Christ because the account has been closed, paid for, sins washed away. Will you come today as God is speaking to you? Friends in Radio Land, first of all, we're praying for you. 
I've often said so many times over the air, just kneel by your radio and look up into the Father's face through Christ and say, I thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Christ, for paying my account, paying it in full. The debt has been discharged and I'm coming because Jesus paid it all. Why will you tarry? Why will you wait? Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the simplicity of the gospel, that the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, a world of runaway slaves, to buy back that we might be received by thee through him. For Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except through and by him. And we thank thee for speaking to the hearts of so many in the visible audience, we know that there are hundreds and hundreds over the radio audience that are kneeling now by the radio accepting Christ as their personal Savior. Will thou receive them, fill their hearts with joy, and as they go out, may they be good witnesses to confess thee and to be as lights before men in these dark hours. And pray as we close this hour. We trust for God's grace to be with you next Lord's Day on the Old Fashioned Revival Hour. This is Charles E. Fuller speaking. Goodbye. God bless you. Let's continue in prayer. Oh,